1: chapters. I love that study. As they cross the Jordan and enter into the promised land and claim the promised land, Joshua is a powerful general in those early chapters. The following 22 chapters, he seems to take off his general hat and put on a governor hat as they divide the land and such like. But we come to chapter 23 and 24, and Joshua is an aged man, and he's now gathering the leaders of the nation together. And let's look together, beginning in verse number 1, Joshua chapter 24, verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and he called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers. The Bible goes on to say, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel... Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, and he goes back now and begins to rehearse uh, with them all that God had done, similar to pastor's message, I believe, recently on a Sunday night. talks about Abraham and Isaac, and then we come to verse 5, and we hear about Moses and Aaron and coming out of Egypt and crossing, and and gives them this great history lesson. Then we come to verse 13, and he says, "And, "'And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities.'" which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, and of vineyards and of olive yards, which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray that you would empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. Lord, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, as we think of September 12th coming, I know it's the first of August, but next month, early in the month, Lord, we're going to focus on for the work of the ministry. God, I thank you for the vision you've given our pastor, and I pray that tonight would aid in gaining momentum. As Brother Flood, who talked about tonight, the fact that we need hundreds of workers, I pray, God, that you would bury seeds of, of desire in serving you deeply in the hearts of your people tonight. For we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thirteen times we see the word serve mentioned. Three times the word serve, so 16 times in this text, Joshua in his last challenge, he gives this focus now of serving the Lord. He's gathered the tribes of Israel here in Shechem, and he's called for all the elders and the heads and the judges and the officers as he's gathered them together. Shechem was at the heart of the land between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. The base of the mountain was not that far from each other and it somewhat formed a natural amphitheater. Shechem is a place that means shoulder and or back and Joshua now as an aged man is placing the burden that he has carried for all of these years. A burden that God's people would faithfully serve him with their lives. You know, it's an amazing thing. We come to Judges chapter 2, and not far into Judges chapter 2, there arose another generation which knew not the Lord or the works which he had done. And they fell to idol worship and Baal worship. And you know, it's an amazing thing how quickly, if we don't pass from generation to generation, how quickly we can see decay. Joshua has carried this burden all these years that God's people would faithfully serve the Lord, and now. He's taking and transferring this burden to yoke up with the Lord and to serve Him in sincerity and truth. And he's placing it on the leadership of the people there and saying, listen, you're going to have to take responsibility for serving the Lord. And so I want you to notice with me, first of all, in our text, Joshua's request. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. This message that was given over 3,400 years ago is still vital for us today in 2021. And I believe that Joshua realized that his greatest ministry was not only serving the Lord, but serving the Lord with his family as he declares the mighty words that we know so well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love Psalm 100 and verse 2. Our family adopted that as a family verse, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. And I want to bring my family along this wonderful journey of serving the Lord together. Would you hold your spot here in Joshua chapter 24 and just turn a page or two over to Judges chapter 2 and we're going to hold in Joshua 24. I'll probably have you, if you don't mind, turning with me to Ephesians at some point tonight and even the book of Genesis at one point. But I want you to see how quickly removed. Chapter 2 and verse number 10 says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and Sir Balaam. I love the book of Joshua, perhaps my favorite Old Testament book of the Bible. If I were to give it a title, I would title it Gaining Ground for God. And man, I love conquest and conquer and all of that. If I were to give a title to the book of Judges, it's losing all that they've labored for because every man is doing that which is right in their own eyes. And God is raising up leaders in different places at times uh, to help God's people. But I, I love the fact that they are gaining ground for God. But here we see in the early part of Judges, that they've turned away from the Lord. And so Joshua, back in chapter 24, is giving this last powerful message. Make a decision what you're gonna do with your life. And as we are moving forward and as we are making preparation for September 2nd for the work of the ministry, I want to challenge you to consider Joshua's challenge here. Can you take a moment and picture your children and/or your grandchildren? Like we see those here in Judges chapter 2, turning away from the Lord. How heartbreaking that thought is. And as we approach Joshua's message here in chapter 24 of the book of Joshua, I want you to notice that this message that Joshua gives was persuasive. He lays out a beautiful history lesson of how God has been so good to them. I, I love the songs that we've sung tonight, and I, I love to think about God's goodness to us. That's exactly what Joshua was doing. And then he tells him in verse 13, look, look at all that God has done for you and all that He's given to you. How many of you tonight would say with me, boy, God has been so good to me. I have been blessed. Benefits of serving the Lord are amazing. I heard one preacher say, God has the best health care program because He's the great physician and He's on call 24-7. He's got a great retirement program, mansions for us in heaven, and the streets are even paved with gold. He's got a great salary package. It's summed up in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs. He has a great mobile communication system, better than even Verizon. Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. He has a wonderful life insurance program. It's called Eternal Life. Amen. And the great news is the premiums have already been paid. Hey, you'll never go wrong serving the Lord with your life. Joshua's message was persuasive. But his message was not only persuasive as he lays out God's goodness in the first several verses, but his message was even pressured. He put the pressure on. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. (laughs) My dad for a a number of years when I was a kid he sold cars and I remember as a young man traveling with my father back when they had cassette tapes and he put them in I know brother Cooper's laughing at me over there he put in the cassette tape and the the, they were training men how to sell men and women how to sell cars and how to put the pressure on if I can get it to this price will you buy it today reminds me of these timeshare salespeople as well right and uh, they know how to put the pressure on you ever had a Real good salesperson. They know how to put the pressure on. And Joshua is putting the pressure on in his message here. May I say tonight I'm grateful for people and churches and I'm grateful for our pastor who know how to encourage the next generation and to encourage people to serve the Lord. There's nothing wrong with being a part of a church that knows how to put a little pressure on to serve the Lord in this day and in this hour. Hey, listen, the world is shoving down our throat all of their godless living with their music and their wicked entertainment and everything that's ungodly and unholy all across our land today. Thank God for a church where a pastor says, hey, let's be out on the bus routes. Let's be teaching our Sunday school classes. Let's join the orchestra. Let's join the choir. Let's serve in security. Let's serve the Lord in this day and hour. Thank the Lord for a church that knows how to put the pressure on. I heard about an elderly lady. She was 104 years old. Somebody asked her, what's the greatest thing about being 104? She said, there's no more peer pressure, amen. (laughs) I realized about 15 years ago, I was going into a place of business, and I I believe I was at a bank, and the bank teller said to me, what are you doing this weekend? And then I was a few weeks later in a grocery store picking something up for dinner and helping my wife out there. And and, uh, the the person at the grocery store said, what are your plans this weekend? And there was a switch that went off about 15 years ago. Everywhere you went, people wanted to know, what are your plans this weekend? What are your plans? By the way, it was very good. It was very effective, especially if you had a track with you. Amen. Well, let me tell you what my plans are this weekend. But we live in such a day and hour where so many want to hear about the party life, but nobody wants to serve the Lord. Joshua made this declaration, and this was a persuasive message, and this was a message where he put the pressure on and said, listen, it's time to serve the Lord. And Joshua's message was even a declaration that was public. He was a public leader and a public figure. Joshua was not ashamed he was not a secret disciple i think of nicodemus who came to jesus by night and i'm grateful that it is evidenced from the scripture that he was a born-again believer that he trusted christ as his savior but after nicodemus came to the lord by night each time the bible refers to nicodemus it talks about the fact that he came to jesus by night i think of gideon and god calls him to lead the nation of Israel. Uh, Israel tells him, hey, listen, uh, uh, you're a mighty man of valor, Gideon. Gideon was hiding. He's saying, Lord, if you're, wh- why are all these problems happening? And where's the miracles our fathers told us of? And the Lord encourages his heart and then tells him, I want you to go and tear down your father's altar. He had to go do that by night. But the morning was coming. And even though Joshua here was the head of the nation. This was a, a public, as Pastor preached this morning, trust that he had in the Lord. And may I submit to you tonight, we need to be praying for leaders in our day and in our hour that are not afraid to trust in the Lord with all of their heart. And we have not because we ask not. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, and verse 32 and verse 33 Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, Him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him shall I deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Joshua made this declaration public. So we see his request, Joshua's request for service. But I want you to notice with me Israel's responsibility to service. Look back at verse 15. The Bible says, and if it seem evil unto you, to serve the Lord, he said, choose you this day. There was a responsibility. And it was only reasonable after Joshua lays out all that God had done for them that they would respond by serving the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I love old trucks, and I especially love Brother Langston's 1954 Ford pickup. Did you pray that God would just give him a heart of compassion? But could you imagine if i purchased his truck tonight we could have a a fundraiser pastor he likes fundraisers we could raise a couple hundred thousand dollars i'm not sure what the truck would go for (laughs) that was funny right there right could you imagine if i purchased that truck and he said now brother everton it has to remain in my garage and i said brother langston i just gave you all that money yes but it has to remain in my garage he said that's not that's not reasonable and today I'm reminded that if you're a born-again child of God, you've been bought with a price. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, this this uh, this uh, request, this responsibility, was a personal responsibility. The message to serve the Lord was that was given here by Joshua, he, he made it very personal and you and I if we had been a part of that 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 service that day may have said you know Joshua stepped on our toes a little bit but every preacher that's worth his salt is not aiming for the toes every preacher that's preaching the word of God is aiming for the heart of man Hey, it's this time and this hour that God has given to you and me to serve Him. Make a choice. It's time to stand up. Stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross, and do a mighty work for the Lord. This was a personal responsibility, but it was also a parental responsibility. As Joshua says, as for me and my house. I heard a sad story. I chuckled a little bit later, but about a young boy who was crying on his way home from a dedication service there where he had been dedicated to the Lord. And his father said, Son, why are you crying? And he said, Well, Dad, the pastor said he wanted us to grow up in a Christian home and I want to live with you. I know we can chuckle at that tonight, but far too often it's true. I'd like to have you hold your spot here and turn to Genesis, if you would, in chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18, and look with me, if you would, at verse number 17. The Bible says, And the Lord said, Genesis 18, 17, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, here's what God says, that he will command his, what? Children and his, what? Household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. Joshua had the same purpose and focus as we hear the Lord talk about Abraham. Abraham is going to command his children and his household. I remember thinking to myself, what's the difference between your children and your household? And I I don't know, but I realized that we have six in our home and we have four adults now living in our home. I've got two children who've become young men of God. And I'm thankful for these men. And I do my best to respect them and love them, but they know that they're living under the roof that their fathers provided. And just as God talked about Abraham, He said, look, Abraham, I I know him. This is what God said. He's gonna command his children and his household, watch this, after him. In other words, Abram's gonna lead by example in this thing, and may I say to North Valley Baptist Church, I'm thankful for a church that's a model church. I'm thankful for Christians who are model Christians, but September September 12th is coming and God's people need to rally behind the work of the ministry to do greater things for the cause of Christ. May you and I as parents recognize that we need to serve the Lord and get our children involved serving the Lord. And I think sometimes people... Choose not to serve the Lord because they want to make sure they have family time. But then if they're not careful, they fail to train their families to serve the Lord. What a tremendous opportunity to bring our children to church. I tell people I had a drug problem when I was a kid. Mama drug me to church. Amen. Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Joshua's request for service is seen and then we see Israel's responsibility to serve and then I want you to notice the biblical requirements for service. Look at verse 14, if you would, in our text. Joshua chapter 24, and look down beginning in verse 14. He says here, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And and, uh, what a powerful statement there. And he says, And put away the strange gods he talks about, the gods of your fathers, which he served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Joshua not only requests that they serve the Lord, and he not only shows them their responsibility to serve the Lord, but then he shows them specifically what kind of service was required if they were in fact going to choose to serve the Lord. They were to serve the Lord in sincerity. There's so much that could be said about serving the Lord in sincerity, and there's so much that could be said about serving the Lord in truth. There ought to be integrity in our service. I like what Paul told Titus in Titus 2.7, and all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, he says, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. But they were to serve in sincerity. In other words, they were not to serve with hypocrisy or show. I like what Paul told the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6.6, 6, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Serving from the heart. They were to serve, not only in sincerity and in truth, but they were to serve being holy or sanctified. Look at verse 19. And Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord. In fact, if you back up to verse 16, the people answer and they said, boy, we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to do all this and and, uh, how could we forsake the Lord? And then he says in verse 19, he says, you cannot serve the Lord for He is a holy God. He is a Jealous God. Powerful. He will not forgive your, trans- your, your, your transgressions nor your sins. He says, Look, God is a holy God. And, and look, if you're going to serve Him, you've got to understand that. Just as Peter said of old in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16, But He which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, Be ye holy for I am holy. That was a powerful message this morning, Pastor. Perhaps one of the most powerful things that you stated for our day and in this hour, I believe, was when you said, is anything worldly anymore? Is anything worldly anymore? I mean, we're living in a day where everybody wants to ask the question, what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that? And why can't I do this and why can't I do that? And why can't I live this way and why can't I live that way? Just look at the filth of our day and hour. Be holy. God is not interested in filling and using dirty vessels. I'd like to ask you at this moment to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I fail to ask you to look at chapter 6 and verse 6. You can jot that down later if you like that verse, if that's something the Lord spoke to you about there. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Paul told the church at Ephesus in chapter 4 and verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he gives us a list of things that grieve the Spirit of God. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving, One another. Look at this. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, God is looking for holy vessels. They were not only to be sanctified, but they were to be separated. Verse twenty talks about these other gods in uh, Joshua chapter twenty, verse twenty. May I say, as we think about separation, we have a, a an era right now within our Independent Baptist churches where some have become so focused on what they're separating from, they have forgotten about who they're separating to. I'm so thankful for 22 years ago this past May when my wife walked down the wedding aisle and my eyes were focused on her. I didn't care about anybody else that was there. As long as the preacher was there to say, you may kiss the bride. I now present to you That was the important part. We're living in a day, in an hour, where God, who is a holy God and has a holy jealousy over His people, and He looks into our hearts and He looks at our lives, I'm sure, at times, and scratches His head and says, "These, these are My people, what are they doing? God desires for you and I to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord not to be ashamed to identify with the people of God. And I love the response, and that's my last thought tonight, the people's response to serving the Lord. We see it in verses 16 through 18, we see it in verse 21, and we see it in verse 24. The message of Joshua was so powerful that everyone in attendance that day, they said, as for me and my house, just as Joshua said, we're gonna serve the Lord. The Israelites stated their intention was to serve the Lord, and they would confirm their intentions as Joshua makes a covenant with the people that day and set up a statute and ordinance there. And Joshua wrote the words in, in the book of the law and he places this big stone under this oak tree. He says, hey, this, this stone will be a witness that you have chosen to serve Jehovah God. Joshua in today's vernacular is saying, hey, here's a contract Sign on the dotted line. This is serious business living for God and serving the Lord. In today's hour, many people talk about serving the Lord with their words, but their actions don't fare very well. They talk about helping around and serving in ministry, but when the sign-up sheet comes around, or September 12th, they're nowhere to be found. They talk about giving, but the offering plate goes by, and they're not there to support the work of God. May I submit to you tonight, I'm so thankful that the people of North Valley Baptist Church for 46 years have faithfully and consecratedly served the Lord. But as we look at at the past and all that God has done, as Joshua rehearsed, I hear the heart of our pastor saying, I'm concerned about the future. By the way, pastor, I don't know anybody on staff that wants to paint the ceilings black, just so you know or bring a drum set in, or contemporary music. Thank you for saying amen to that. But there are those today who want to talk big about serving the Lord, but they don't want to go winning. They don't want to live a separated life. And I ask you tonight, have you taken some time to pray about what God would have you do for the work of the ministry? We have a month and 12 days from today to pray and ask the Lord what role he has for you and I to play. And may we come to the Lord having taken time to approach this subject spiritually and prayerfully, realizing that it's holy ground, it's sacred ground. What a a, a privilege to serve the Lord and what a privilege to serve at North Valley Baptist Church and what a privilege to serve in 2021 for such a time as this. Choosing to serve the Lord is a contagious spirit, just as pastor's spirit is contagious. But it's, us, it's up to you and I, September 12th, to determine what kind of an epidemic we're going to start here. Yeah, the world wants to talk about COVID. We want to talk about serving the Lord with gladness. Amen. And I want to remind you and me this evening that we had a willing Savior who went to the cross and willingly stretched out His arms and gave His life for you and me. It's only reasonable that you and I are willing servants. And you know, as you and I are yielded saints, submitted saints was the title of the message. As you and I submit ourselves to the Lord, as we trust the Lord, as we heard about this morning, we live a purified life. We will be a unified church and we will have the power of Almighty God do miraculous things in this day.